I don't know what church this is today, but we thank God. Um, I don't know if you notice, but sometimes you can hear a Baptist beat and think the song is hyper simple. But if you listen to the words of the last two songs and just listening to the fact that it's quoting the centrality of Christ as the cornerstone, then she's going to get up here and start prophesying. I love it. I just love it. I just love this choir. I thank God for Portia's leadership. Where you at, sis? Where is she? Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. The uh, women of God at Epiphany Fellowship, I'm so proud of them and all that they're doing to lead us in different efforts. I was thankful yesterday for the leadership of Sarita Lyons uh, leading yesterday and all the team in that effort. It's a blessing to see so many different things happening. I'm also, I forgot, last week, I'm so sorry, Sister Stephanie, you guys' leadership at the, at the picnic and everything that you guys did for the anniversary picnic. Uh, just, just great, 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 great stuff. And so I'm thankful that all, all of the good work that God is up to in our ministry to exalt his name and uh, to lift his own name up. Don't forget the please register for the Frequency Conference. It is for everybody. It's not just for people in ministry, but it's for you. It's for you, for you, for you. And so please uh, gather with us and come to the concert. People that know, anybody know me, know I love the Walls group, so it's, it's going to be crazy. We're going to have a nice concert the night after and just celebrate and worship God there. And our own very own docs is going to be doing a set there, and so we're excited about that. And the Temple Arts Center is probably the best arena on the eastern seaboard in the sense of sound. And so the sound is going to be amazing, and, I, and this is going to be a great opportunity to exalt the Lord Jesus in such a wonderful spot. So please keep it lifted up as we're expecting 600 people, but the place holds 1,000, and we can adjust it. So maybe the Lord will pulsate that a lot. And so we can use more of the resources that come in from that for more ministry across the globe. And so please keep, please keep that opportunity lifted up before the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. And let's turn, we're going to start our new series today. Um, and we're going to read these verses together, Revelation chapter 7, verses um, 9 through 17. And then uh, part of this, because there are different ethnicities in this text, I'm going to have some people read the praises in this passage in their own native languages. And so we're going to have several native languages, one native language is not the person's native language, but they know that language. And so we are going to read, and then they are going to exalt the Lord Jesus in these different native tongues across the globe that's represented in our local assembly. Amen? Amen. Amen. Is that all right with y'all? Amen. Amen. Let's start together. You know how we do. I'll start with you, and we continue. Uh, Revelation chapter 7, verses uh, 9 uh, through 17. Let's read together. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne of God and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Keep going.
Amen. 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 So what we're going to do next is we're going to have them announce the language that they're going to speak it in. We're going to make sure we put verse 10 and verse 12 up when they start reading those. So we'll say them in the language interpretation of tongues. And so they'll read it in their language. They'll announce the language and read it in that language. And then the next one will go. Let's go. I will be reading in Spanish. Del libro Apocalipsis. Y clamaban a gran voz diciendo, la salvación pertenece a nuestro Dios que está sentado en el trono y al Cordero. Diciendo, amén, la bendición, la gloria, la sabiduría, la acción de gracias, el honor y el poder y la fortaleza sean a nuestro Dios por los siglos de los siglos. Amén. Amén. I will be reading in Igbo. Nzoputa dinaka chinekaini. Onyenocho eze dirikwanwaturo hanwenete mpunoku olu sinzo putanyi sianyi chinekanyi buanyana odunocheze ahu nakaaka nwaturo ahe siamen kaungozi natuto na mihe na ekele na nsopuru na ike na ume dirichinekanyi Amen. Amen. I will be reading in Haitian Creole. Yotap dele bien fo. Yotap di. Sebo genuwa ki shita su fotela. Seli mem ansan ak tout motayo ki vin delivrenu. Yotap di. Se vrewi, louange, honor, bo compren, reconnaissance, respect, pouvoir ak force. Tout sa pou bon genuwa pou tout tan. Amen. Amen. I'll be reading in German, schrien mit großer Stimme und Sprachen, heil sei dem, der auf dem Stuhl sitzt, unserem Gott und dem Lamm, uns und Sprachen Amen, Lob und Ehre und Weisheit und Dank und Preis und Kraft und Stärke sei unserem Gott von Ewigkeit zu Ewigkeit. Amen. Amen. I'll be reading in Yoruba, just verse 10. Oluwa tojoko nibigiga loni igbala. Amen. And I'm reading in Greek. Isoteria tote oimon tokathimeno, epitotrono keton arnio, legontes, amin, i evlogia, ke idoxa, ke isofia, ke i evcharistia, ke i timi, ke i dinamis, ke i iskis, tote oimon, istus ionas, ton ionon. Amen, amen, amen. Um, the title of our message uh, today uh, will be, within our series, Seeing Through the Lens of the End, in our series on race, justice, and the gospel. Let's pray, and then we'll have a video. Father, we thank you and honor you for your mercy and your grace as you uh, point us towards yourself. And God, as you point us towards yourself to see you more clearly, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength and our redeemer, in whom we trust in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Yeah. Amen. You may be seated. Let's watch. We had just got proof that I was pregnant. I had to get my prenatal pills, so we went to Rite Aid. A Caucasian man walks up, pushes Dante's into a shelf, and runs through the store screaming, he's got a gun, he's going to kill him. That was the love of my life and always will be. It was dust, so it was still fairly bright. 
We come out the store, a cop car approaches him. They told him to put his hands up, and he wouldn't because he was telling them, I didn't do anything, can I talk to you personally? He was asking to speak to them, and they tried to tase him, so he ran. I'm walking on the street, and I start to see the helicopter. I hear, bad. I turn around, and he's running to me. He grabs my right arm. His hand slips out my arm. And they just start shooting him. They ripped me off of him, laid him on the ground full of bullet holes, and cuffed him. Like he was going somewhere. Put your hand behind you. We're confused, and that confusion leads us to believe that we're in crisis. And when we feel we're in crisis, we become afraid, and when we're afraid, we don't talk to each other. And when we don't talk to each other, then we become very polarized and very separated. And there's xenophobia, and the world feels like falling apart, the whole fabric of human existence, yet we live in the most connected time we've ever lived. Um, in starting our series today on race, justice, and the gospel, actually I wasn't even going to do this subject at this point because I wanted uh, more time to sort of gather myself and to gather my thoughts. And while I was on sabbatical, my plan was really to come back, do a series on generosity, and jump right into 2 Corinthians. Uh, but it was very, very difficult as the Lord began to wrestle. I began to wrestle with the Lord, and the Lord was like, when you get back, you're going to minister on this subject immediately because I need my people to have a biblical worldview on this subject. And as I laid out the four weeks of the series, and began thinking through how we can make sure that uh, our, and I'm including myself because I, I, don't, I don't claim to have a, 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 a fully realized uh, philosophy of every aspect of this issue, um, but, but I began to just grab a hold of text in the Bible to go through expositionally, not eisegetically, but exegetically in order to communicate and help us as a church to, get, to move towards a biblical framework. And because one of the things that I've wrestled with was watching some of us on social media and different ones in the world on social media uh, posting articles and doing blogs and uh, having posts and then getting in arguments and, and, uh, and, and, and comment uh, threads and, and different things is one of the things that I see greatly is ethnic empathy, not biblical theology. Oh, no. Ethnic empathy is, is something when you empathize with something because it's close to what you deal with. And you have to be careful of what you deal with or what your philosophy is based on your ethnic preference only. Because if you let your uh, theology be in, uh, if you let your theology be influenced by your uh, uh, ethnicity, then you will uh, be a mess. If your sociology informs your theology, it'll destroy it. But your theology must influence your sociology and your th and develop you within your ethnicity. Yeah. 
And, and, and so on every side of the fence, majority culture must be careful of letting its sociology and its geography and its economics be influenced uh, not by theology, but its place and preference. Ethnic minorities must be very, very careful of letting our ethnic anger be impact, uh, impact our theology versus our theology impacting our ethnic uh, preferences and anger. And so as we develop and work through this series, I I think and I believe based on the gospel of Jesus Christ that it's very, 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 very important. Someone's thinking this is about to be a social gospel series. There is no such thing as a social gospel. Amen. If, you, if you believe that the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ by which Christ transforms all things and that one day he's going to come back and he's going to transform all things and everything is going to be under his feet. That means our view of race, our view of justice, our view of ethnicity, our view of everything within this must be informed by God's word and not our feelings. And you, you have to be careful to let your empathetic pathology get in the way of your theology. And, 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 and so what we must begin to do is, is, is as I was developing the series, I was like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to stop in Revelation at the end. And the Lord was like, no. He says, I want you to begin with the end. I want you to flip the series backwards. And I want you to preach my ultimate vision of what things look like when I transform everything. And what is it going to look like when the throne of God is here? And what is it going to look like when Jesus is here? And what are the ethnicities going to look like when Jesus is here? What is justice going to look like when Jesus gets here? What is race going to look like when Jesus gets here? Because our eschatology always influences our now. Eschatology is a two-cent word, which means last things. And no matter whether you're a premillennialist, whether you're a postmillennialist, whether you're a millennialist, whether you're pre-trib, mid-rap, uh, whatever view of the eschaton you have, Revelation isn't about any of those. It's not about being amillennial. It's not about being premillennial. It's not about being pre-trib rapture. What Revelation is about is what it says in chapter one. It says the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus. And so, and so, and so, and so, whatever way you think is gonna happen, the church gonna be gone during the tribulation, or the church gonna be here during the tribulation. Some of y'all packing vodka and guns and so, you know, and all of that. Y'all know I'm telling the truth because some of y'all are spooky like that. You got a bomb shelter in Center City, and you got, you know what I'm saying, or in Fishtown somewhere where you got some type of shelter where you stocking up. Well, whatever. As long as you got Jesus, you know, stock up all you want, but you better stock up on him. You understand what I'm saying? You better talk about him. And so, and so this passage to me is us being transported with John. My mama used to call him John the Revelator. Um, that's what my mom used to call him. And she loved to read Revelation to me with her, uh, you know, with her, with her glasses down on her face. Now you said, now, baby, some things about to start happening. These folk getting crazy around here. You better read the Bible and find out what's going on now. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, but the Bible says it only gets worse before it gets better. One of the things that Jesus said, he said, when are these things going to take place? Jesus, he says, he, the first thing he says to his people, see that no one deceives you. See that no one deceives you. He said, in other words, I want my people to have clarity in the midst of the chaos of what's happening. Don't let the issue of race and justice make you forget that Jesus is coming back. 
Now, somebody said, oh, now, now I guess we're not going to deal with the issues now, pastor. You know what I'm saying? What about this? What about ponies? We're going to get to that. Now, some of y'all ready to get hot and angry, right? But see, that's the problem. That's, you think anger, and you think picketing, and you think legislation, and you think hashtags changes things. But, but, but until you understand this right here and recognizes who actually changes things and what are we supposed to be, we're in the already but not yet. There's an already kingdom here, but it's not yet fully revealed, but it's already here. And the church is supposed to display, based on Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, the manifold wisdom of God to uh, all of the rulers here. And so you're a proclaimer, men and women. You're a proclaimer of the excellencies of God in everything, even in the issues of justice and race. And so we come to a passage that is a portal, if you will, that you'll see several times during the book of Revelation. You see it about uh, three or four times, maybe five, during the book where this angel is taking John. He's on the Isle of Patmos. You know what I'm saying? He's in prison. I'm lonely. All the other, uh, many of the leaders of the church have been martyred. At this point, he's alone, and he's on the Isle of Patmos, and we don't know if he's sleeping in his cell or where he is, but an angel comes to him in a vision and takes him on a journey. It's like a Christmas carol. You remember that? He's like Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, uh, you know, the spirit of Christmas past, present, and future. That, that's exactly, to be honest, we laugh, but that's exactly what happens here. He takes him through past things, present things. And future things. And one of the, but, but the greatest scenes that blows his mind is not the mark of the beast, is not the, 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 the devil, and none of that stuff. The things that blow his mind is his, int- when he sees heaven. And, and, and he, it's, it's like he brings them to earth, shows them a mess, then takes them to heaven. See, you, listen, earth was such a mess in the eyes of John that the angel had to hurry up and take him to heaven to see what things were going to be like so John wouldn't be depressed. Now, if John needs some help with seeing all the hell that's going on on earth, like, dang, it's, it's bad. And then real quick, he takes him to heaven and says, all right, this is what it's going to be like. Okay, praise God. This is not going to be a mess forever. That's what you have to see. That's what you have to see. And so he comes here in one of those portal moments where he takes him to glory to show him the glory of what things is going to be like. And I got one point for you, family, and one point only. I'm going to do this in 30 minutes. I'm going to be up out of here, I promise you. One point in our series. In our series titled, Seeing Through the Lens of the End, point one and one only. In eternity, all ethnicities will be distinct yet unified because of Jesus. All ethnicities will be distinct yet unified because of Jesus. Look at verse 9. He said, after this, I looked. Now, after what? Well, what happens here is in verses 1 through 8, he's sent in a portal to see uh, a first stage of people that are in heaven at this time called the 144,000 people who are the so-called Jews there in this passage. And um, what's interesting here is I always, I, I, used to ha- I used to have J-dubs come to my door. They don't come no more, Je- Jehovah's Witnesses. And, 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 um, and they would come to my door and tell me, only 144,000 people are going to heaven. I was like, wow, only 144,000 people are going to heaven. 
And I say, wow, show me that in the Bible. They'll say, see, look here in Revelation 7, verses 1 through 8. See that there are only 144,000 that are going to heaven. But then, they, then, then I say, well, don't stop there. Because the text says, after this, I looked. Behold, a great multitude that no one could number. I said, now you have to understand that the 144,000 is one vision. He gives him a second vision of the 144,000 being placed into the general population of the people of God of the number that couldn't be counted. So now the 144,000 are no longer distinct, but all of those of past, present, and future times are transported together into heaven and are with the Lamb before God's throne together cross-ethnically. So now the Jews aren't just a distinct group. They're just a part of the people of God. And so at that point in time, they say, thank you, sir, and have a nice day, and they never come back to my house I'm uh, um, just for free. You don't have to run from them when they come to your house. Just know your Bible just a little bit. They won't come back. They won't come back. That was for free. Back to the series. It says, a great multitude, listen, that nobody could count. That means this is a fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. When God says that I will make your seed as the sand of the seashore. What I like about this is this is not Jewish seed. This is global seed. This is everybody past, present, and future who are redeemed and brought into the family of God. How do I know that? Look at the next part. Let's look at the beauty of this passage. He says, from every nation, from, every tri- all, from all tribes, all peoples, and all languages. How in the world do they get there, family of God? How do you think these people got there? Do you think they just got transported there? No. Over time, because of Christ's death, somebody had to tell somebody about Jesus. The Bible says, how will they hear without a preacher? Jesus says, I won't set up everything until this gospel has been preached to the four winds. That means if every tribe, every nation, every language is there, that means that somebody had to cross into a time zone and a people group that didn't look like them. That, that, that means, that, means that, that, that in order to bring ultimate risk, re- reconciliation between the ethnicities and races is somebody had to look upon a God instead of merely themselves. That means that somebody did outreach. That means somebody did church planting. That means somebody did church transitioning. That means some women walked in biblical femininity. That means some men walked in biblical masculinity. That means some professors used their platform to communicate the gospel. That means some business people used their platform uh, for the glory of Christ. That means some counselors slid Jesus in when the door opened in their session. That means that somebody on the block shared the gospel with somebody at a cash register. That means somebody went on a trip to another country and they learned another language and God blessed them. That means Wycliffe Bible translators went somewhere, learned someone's phonetics, created their language in a phonetic and written format, and then wrote a Bible based on that phonetic format from translating it from the original language, and then was able to get them in the Bible to present the Bible to them based on it being in their language. That means there was some cross-ethnic sacrifice. That means that somewhere, somebody made a sacrifice. I mean, somebody, that means somebody made a sacrifice for their ethnicity to not be the center of their life. And now they're before the throne. It says every nation. 
This is not every represent. It means every single nationality of people that's ever existed, even the extinct ones. Even before the ethnicities got even more mixed, it was the ethnicities before that ethnicity, even the ethnicity after that, after they got mixed and the languages changed. <laughs> then it says every tribe, meaning family, you mean down to your, even your dialect. All the way down, all of these different people are before the throne of God worshiping the living God and languages. All the way down, God placed you where you are. Look at what the Bible says in Acts 17, 26. It says, and he made from every man, from one, from one man, that's Adam, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having, the, uh, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling, that you should seek God and perhaps feel your way toward him and find him. What is, what, is, what, is, what is Paul saying? Paul is saying something powerful. He's saying that every ethnicity that has existed, that exists and will exist, God placed them in their ethnicity. That means whatever you are ethnically, whether you're ethnically mixed, don't be confused. If your mama black, your daddy white, your mama, your mama Filipino and your daddy black, or whatever. Don't be, God placed you. In what you would call confusion, he calls clarity. God placed you as a white person in the United States today. He, he, he allowed 200, 300 years ago uh, people to migrate from Scotland and Ireland and England and, and, and wherever. Uh, African Americans, we're not here by circumstance. Haitians, Nigerians, uh, Asians, you're not here by having God. God created and singled out the boundary of your life for purpose. Why? He singled that out so that he can have representation of your people group in heaven. God wants to be glorified to the corridors of every sector of this planet. He wants to be seen. He wants to be known because he's too diverse for one nation and one language to worship him. Even with all of the plethora of dialects, the Bible says if I had 10,000 tongues, I still wouldn't be able to praise them enough. But I'm still going to praise them because no rocks are going to cry out for me. And so, therefore, your ethnicities is the beauty of God's manifold grace and wisdom being displayed in the pantheons of his power so that people can see and glorify and honor him and lift him up. And every language can have somebody communicating for him. I love this. I love this. I love this. It's interesting. They're talking about every tribe and language, and God actually created languages. Tower of Babel, they tried to get unity without him. And he said, oh, you're going to try to do your own thing, one language, huh? I'm going to come on down and check y'all out. He already knew what they were doing, but the Bible speaks anthropomorphically. So God says, let's go look. Triune God come down, plat out, look at him, causes confusion. Boom, dude starts speaking the language. He's like, huh? No, I don't know what you're talking about. So they started finding each other's languages, and they spread out, and God used that for his glory. God used that for his glory to spread out people so that there could be confusion, so that there could only be unity in him. Then on the day of Pentecost, the same thing he used to push people away from each other, he gave all of those different people one spirit so that when tongues were spoken in, they gave glory to God, even though they were speaking in different languages. And so God can, God can cause confusion, but he uses the confusion for unity. 
And so you see God at work with his people. So now we're transported to the third heaven. And we see the Lord Jesus, and we see him here, and we see, look what happens. Right here it says, he says, and the peoples and languages standing before a throne. It's plurality of peoples, but only one throne. Only one throne. It said they were before the throne and the Lamb. I love this. So all of these ethnicities are before God, the Father, and God, the Son, and God, the Spirit, fills everybody. Oh, y'all missed that. Let me, let me back up for a second. God, the Father, is at the left of Jesus Christ, emanating from his excellence and his glory. The Bible says in Timothy that he dwells in unapproachable light. Jesus Christ, the Lamb, is present to help be the red carpet into God's presence so God's presence won't destroy us as we dwell in unapproachable light. And the Bible says we're standing. So you missed that. When you come into a king's throne room, the first thing you do is you bow. But in the text, something's weird here. Everybody at this point is standing. The Bible says, who can stand before his presence? What happens is it shows the equality of all peoples being washed by the blood of the Lamb that makes them worthy through Christ to be able to stand before God. They're not standing in themselves. They're standing in the Lamb. You missed that. And so they're not proclaiming how great they are. They're not proclaiming what they did for him. They are standing, and they're probably weeping because God is allowing them to stand and not bow at this point because he wants to show how worthy Christ is. And they're standing. It says, and they're standing. And what are they doing? And it says, and crying. Oh, they're they're holding uh, palm branches holding palm branches, and they waving them, standing. They're going, hey, ho, hey, ho, hip, holiness, hooray. Um, that means the holding the palm branch means victory over evil. And guess what they're saying? They're all saying with a loud voice. Stop right there. Every ethnicity becomes charismatic in eternity. And see, some of y'all say, that's not me, that's not my wiring, that's not me. But the Bible says, they said with a loud voice. I don't know about you, but can you imagine getting your new body and being before God and, and God being right there, like he's right there. Jesus is sitting on his throne at the right hand of God the Father, and he's before you. You ain't going to be in heaven talking about, I want to see what my mama doing. I want to see what my cousin doing. And you, you ain't, when, listen, when you see Jesus and you see God the Father, I, I want to ask how the Red Sea got parted. I want to ask about the Giants in Genesis 6. I want to see how, how miracles happen. I want to see, I don't want to see none of that. When you see Jesus, you're going to shout. In other words, they were lifting up their voices with the voice of triumph. They were yelling. And and, and what's interesting is why would, listen, God is not hard of hearing. He's not. 
He's not, but, and, and they're right before him. So why in the world would they yell in front of God? God is not like saying, shh, y'all, it hurt my ears. They give him all glory and honor and praise loudly because they're blown away that they're there. See, some of y'all need to think back over your life, how messed up it was, how left field it was, and then one day you're going to be before God. Now, what's so powerful about this is it said they cried with a voice, even though it was multi-ethnicity, meaning that they were saying the same things, but they were distinct in heaven ethnic, ethnically. Therefore, God lets us keep our languages, and they're saying with all of the different dialects that have ever existed, the same thing. But the Bible calls it a voice. <laughs> Can you imagine hearing tongues all over the place, all over the place, forever. Can you imagine just being, you think this little worship gathering is something. You think this little, wait till we in glory with God and nothing is holding us back from lifting up his name, from honoring his name, from glorifying his name, from lifting him up, from giving him all the honor, from giving him all the glory, from giving him all the praise. <laughs> yeah, some of y'all better learn how to practice now because heaven's going to be weird to some of y'all. Because some of y'all are always sitting still. God moving, you don't even know. Even if you don't know what to do, they say, I don't know how to get in there, Pastor. Just get in there. It's like, it's like double dutch. You ever seen double dutch and you go like this? You go like that to get up in there. And you go, you go on that thing and go like this. You don't know. Let's get in there. Just, let's get in there, y'all. Let's get up in there. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know what to do, just, if you don't know what to do, just go like this. Just, just try it. One day, just, just try. Listen, just one day, just say, Hallelujah. Hold on, hold on. All my normal people that worship all the time, don't say nothing. All my people, you know who you are, they don't never say nothing. Just say hallelujah. Just do it. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Just do it again. It's going to feel real good. Do it two more times. One more time. Hallelujah. Say salvation. Oh. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's keep moving. We'll keep practicing. <laughs> they said salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And listen to what happens after this. Listen to what happens to this. It says that all of the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. So you got the angels, you got the elders, you got the four living creatures. Guess they're standing with the people of God. You got to get this. The people of God are still saying over and over and over again, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne. The angels and the elders and the four living creatures are blown away by God. They're blown away because they've seen the messes in that room before this point. There are angels around us right now who serve us that see what you do individually in your life. They saw you before your salvation. 
and after your salvation. Because the, know how I know that? Because the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, the angels long to look at what's going on with the people of God. He even, after you become a Christian, they watch you. They fight wars for you. When you pray, God dispenses angels in the spirit to fight for you. And so now they're in heaven after it's all over, and they're looking at people they served, standing there remembering how much of a mess they were, how far away from God they were, how deep on drugs they were, how sexually promiscuous they were, how prideful they were, how idolatrous they were. And they look at God, and then they look at the people, and they say, wow. They begin to talk, and it says in the passage, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom. As a matter of fact, they fell on their faces. They got to understand the four living creatures had four faces, each one of them. So when they fell on their faces, they rolled around so that every face that they have can touch the ground before God. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me today. Y'all don't know nothing about this. <laughs> you got you to read Ezekiel. Had a face of a, a, a lion on this side, a man, all that. So they just rolling around. Next time you see somebody rolling around, as long as they ain't growling, they worshiping, all right? <laughs> Do you understand? They're, they're, they're worshiping God because of his salvific work in saving you and me. And listen, you got to be somebody to impress an angel. Because they've seen a lot of things. And they fall down before the throne of God, worshiping God as he's looking, they're looking at the people of God. And they say, amen first. Now, usually you say amen at the end, but they say, let everything that we're saying be true. That's what they're saying. Blessing, which is eulogia, which points to a, a, a praise of celebration to someone, something, or someplace. And then it goes and he says, blessing. And then it says, glory. Glory is God showing off his attributes. In, in other words, just like when you get a car clean and then you get it a nice wax. You ever got a nice detail on wax on a car? And the car's already clean and nice looking, but the wax makes you see things about the car you've never seen before. God's glory is God waxing himself to show off the beauty of who he is. They say he's not dirty, but he just shows off himself. And, he, and, he, and, and, and that's what glory does. It's the weight of who he is. And then it says, it says wisdom, 20 to the fact that God intricately did things to save. They were there when Jesus left heaven. They were there when the Lord, they used to be before the Lord, the cherubim and the seraphim. They used to be there. They were there when Christ left. They were there when heaven shook. They were there when the creation shook when he died on the cross. There were angels that were there were angels of the ones that let him out the tomb. Oh, y'all not listening to me today. And now they're there saying, this is what this was all about. I cannot believe that we get to experience the glory of what God was doing in those who were made lesser than us for a little while. <laughs> I'm in the Bible. Now those who are lesser are greater because of Jesus. <laughs> and someone's asking the question, what in the world does this have to do with race? What does it have to do with justice? What does it have to do with the gospel? Everything. Everything. If you know 
that all the ethnicities are going to praise God together, how can you hate another one? See, the problem with some of us is we, we, we think that there are levels to sin. So we think that some people really, really needed saving. You know what I'm saying? Some people were real bad. Like, I was bad, but I wasn't them bad. I wasn't, like, lynching bad. Like, I wasn't, like, skin a Negro alive bad. Like, I wasn't burning a witch at the stake bad. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't, like, you know, ISIS cutting dudes' throats. and I wasn't stomping babies. I'm not that bad. Yes, you are! All of us are fully depraved, but God has restraints on how much of our depravity he lets out. You better be thankful your depravity didn't fully come out even though you were fully depraved. God, God has to restrain how evil evil could get. Oh, we'll, kill, we'll be eating each other, killing each other. We'll destroy the environment. We'll blow a hole in the ozone layer real quick. We'll blow up the moon, drop bombs on the sun. We're some fools without God's grace. All of us, white, black, Asian, African, European, are equally destitute. Don't you think for one minute that you're not capable of the worst of sins? Not for one minute. Not for one minute. You could rape somebody. You could molest a child. You could be Charles Manson. You could be the worst of, you could be ISIS, but God. And until you view the person that hates you as your hate that you've had before. Oh, see, see, you know, only hate that you have is okay. Oh, y'all quiet now. Only hate that you, your hate is okay because, you know, it's, it's just because they stepped on my shoes or because they took the man that I wanted or the girl that I wanted. See, see, how, see how we do? But then when it comes to race, oh, now racism's really bad hate. Hate is hate. You out on social media to all my haters. You're hating while you're saying that. You understand what I'm saying? And the blood, listen to equality in the passage. These are, he said, who are these? Who are these, John? John said, I, I don't know who these folk are. He said, these are the ones who have survived the great tribulation. <laughs> these are the ones who have gone through one of the most difficult times on the planet. Unified. Different ethnicities. Listen, it may have been it's as bad as slavery is, all these different things. There's going to come a day when there won't be ethnic. Listen, uh, 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 it won't be based on ethnicity. It's going to be based on you knowing Jesus. And these who are there went through some hardships together. Listen, don't let hell break loose before you break down some walls. <laughs> he said, these are they. 
that have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. That means everybody has to be equally cleaned by the blood of Jesus. I love this passage in that. And he says, he says, and they, therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And, in, and he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Nothing will hurt them ever again. I can't wait. I don't need to even break that down. Can you imagine when we're all sheltered by God's presence? Shelter means that something's trying to penetrate it. <laughs> it points to the back. One day we're going to be sheltered by the presence of God together. Then it says, and they shall hunger no more. They shall neither thirst anymore. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat. And the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. This is the fulfillment of Psalm 23 in its fullness. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me what? Green pastures. Guess what? And he takes you beside the what? Look at what it says here. And he will be their, he will guide them to living waters. Now, 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 listen to what this means. This means that in eternity, all of our needs will be satisfied. That means, that means that you, you won't have to worry about wanting to be married. You wouldn't have to worry about wanting a drug to make you high to escape anything. That means you won't have to pay bills no more. In other words, God is the everlasting fountain to satisfy. Now, him being the everlasting fountain to satisfy doesn't start in eternity, though. Some of y'all say, when I get there, it'll be like that. But right now, (laughs) no, 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 no. When you draw close to him, he'll pour into you waters of life. Jesus, Jesus Jesus told the woman by the well, he said, if you knew the gift of God and who was hollering at you right now, you know what I'm saying? I'd have gave you water that, 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 that's greater than this. I, I'd have gave you water where you'll never, ever have to thirst anywhere. She drops her bucket. She says, Lord, even more, give me and show me this water. And he said, I am he. If we're going to engage the brokenness in our culture, we have to know how messed up we are, how great Jesus is, and how good uh, him solving everything is and work from that vantage point. This is not cultural escapism to talk about the eschaton. It is the empowerment for the now. It's not escapism. We're going to deal with the issue, but now you can deal with it with some meekness. When you know you're messed up, you can look a racist in the face differently. You can look at somebody that killed your child differently. When I look in Charleston and they said loudly, I forgive you. Only heaven, only heaven can give that. There's no, it's no way in the world. All me and my wife went through to have kids and you kill one of them. It will only take heaven for me not to gun you down. 
I'm being straight up. It has to be heaven that makes me not jump across the court desk and choke you to death. It's got to be the living God that shows me myself, that shows me my brokenness, and let me know that I've been forgiven, and because I've been forgiven much, how in the world can I withhold forgiveness from somebody else? How? Listen, there are some saved militants, and there are saved racists. Racism doesn't make you lose your salvation. It's a sin among sins. And they're going to be in heaven. Why not fight for reconciliation now? I'm just praying. I'm a work in progress. I ain't acting like I done got all this. Every time I see another video, I'm angry. See, y'all don't know. I grew up, I'm closing. I grew up in the hip-hop generation, the real hip-hop generation, not the Nene generation. See all the Nene and super soak them hoes and all of that. I ain't grew up in that. I ain't grew up in that. I grew up in, in, in the fight the power death beat. I got a letter from the government. The other, see, I don't know nothing about that. I, that's what I grew up in. I grew up in Tribe Called Quest, Wu-Tang Clan, leaders of the new school. That's what I, so I was one of them angry African bombarder type Negroes. And let me tell you something, when I became a Christian, that ain't all leave me. And God has had to work on me submitting my thought of my right to be angry unredemptively, not righteous anger, but ethnocentristic anger to the gospel. I ain't talking about, I used to, you know how we do. I'm talking about today. And I'm trying to learn how to be righteously angry, which is a totally different type of anger than unrighteous anger, which does not bring forth the righteousness of Christ. And so I pray that we learn together. Can we learn this together? Can we grow together? Can we lift them up together? Can we, can we, can we move towards this together? Can we move towards it? Can we lift them up together? Can we say, God, God, I, w- I want what you have for me. I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be unforgiving. I don't want to walk away from you, God. God, I want to show off the manifold wisdom of God in this world. And I don't want to reduce some of the pain racially. Some of you have been profiled. Some of you have experienced. I don't want, I'm not reducing that. But what I am doing is I'm praying that we just let the gospel just inform it. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We honor you and lift you up for the good news. Like, that's where we have to start, the gospel, the red line. Let's start in the gospel and continue in it. It's a necessity. It's a deep necessity that you aid us because we are powerless, God. I'm just, I'm God, I, I, I and all of us, we are powerless to not just walk in some And when I hear my dad give old Jim Crow stories and hear my mother talk about my grandfather, chief, who remembered when slavery was abolished, who was a sharecropper and the injustices that he experienced, I I, 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 I get angry. I remember seeing Mississippi burning. 
I can't even watch those movies anymore, Lord, because they just do something to me. So, God, I'm just praying that you would teach us across ethnic lines how to be righteously angry and be angry and not sin and deal with the issues, though, from your perspective. Maybe you're here today and you've never placed your trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never put your confidence in him by faith alone, through grace alone, through Christ alone, in the gospel. You, 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 don't, you don't know Jesus and the pardon of your sin. If you're here today, you've never put your confidence in the one who dealt with our sin through Jesus Christ. Christ died on the cross and was raised from the grave so that whoever puts confidence in him that he has taken their place, they're raised from the grave and are gone from spiritual death to spiritual life. If you're here today and you say, yes, Pastor, I want to put my confidence in the Lord, slip your hand in the air. We would love to talk to you about what it means to go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Anyone, 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 anyone. I see that hand. Come on up here. Yeah, yeah, amen, 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 amen. So Anybody else, anybody else, anybody else? says, I want to put my confidence in Jesus. At the first gathering, we had three different ethnicities come forward. It was so powerful. <laughs> Anyone else? says, God, I want to put my confidence in you for salvation, that you would crush the beef between me and you. Anyone, slip your hand in the air. We got time. We love to love on you. Love to love on you and communicate the excellencies of Jesus to you so that you can go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Anyone here? Is there another this morning? Is there another one that says, I know that if I die today, I'll be separate from God. And I wouldn't be in his presence. Anyone? Anyone? We're going to pray for this one today. Father, I pray for this brother. Thank you for him coming forward and being so bold. Thank you for that, Lord. Who would put his confidence in you and say, I want to put my faith in Christ and Christ alone for the remission of my sins, the removal of my sins, and that he was raised from the grave with all power in his hands. That takes us from spiritual death to spiritual life. Now that he's professed a faith in you, I'm praying that you take him from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity, just like the rest of us. And God, we're going to give you all the honor and the glory and all the praise for what you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that? Say it. Amen. Amen. You ought to lift God up right now. Yeah. Yeah.